Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, broadcasting today from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. Well, we're going to have a, an interesting focus once again. That seems to be the theme this entire week. Um, just what's the overall feel of this market? It's just been, I think, an odd week when we look at how the trade has gone. And what's going on, the difference between what we're seeing in the corn and the beans? And, of course, we do have a, a June 30th report coming out on Tuesday. I don't know where the month of June has gone. Aaron Bertles, you're joining us back in back in the studio. Crossroads Marketing, great to have you here. And uh, let's talk about the field of this market because it is, I don't know, weird, I think is can we sum yeah. it up with that? Yeah, and these are always tough weeks when you're coming into first notice day uh, next Tuesday. And I think a lot of people, as I thought about it this week, you know, a lot of people that did have basis contracts or futures contracts versus the March when they rolled, they rolled right out to the July because of what the spread was at that time and kind of skipped May. So you didn't see a whole lot of pressure then. And now you're seeing that pressure doubly as we come into expiration here and people are just ready to throw in the towel, right? I mean, this is... I'd be the first one to say this is the time frame you would have expected to have the funds cover their shorts and to get a chance at a weather market and to at least get this market to have a little bit of a bounce where the funds decide not to be as short as they are today and you just didn't see it you know and so now you have to take that chance into a time that's not typical for you to start that rally right and see or you just get rid of it right you unload it and say that's enough I'll live to fight another day and a lot of this old crop, that's a little bit easier decision because of the payment that they're going to get on some of it. It's still a terrible price and not one that you want to accept, but it's still you're still going to get some payment on those things so that you can at least make that decision and, and move forward and then you know deal with new crop and a little less old crop. I still think you've got to move past this time frame with less risk than you went into it. You can't just roll this stuff out and hope that something happens now. Are we looking for blame? into what's been going on with this market because everything else around it has been off as well is it easy to to blame china is it easy to blame covid what's the there's a lot of things you could blame right <laughs> it's it's an endless list and i think it's okay to do that but you got to get past it i mean this is we are dealing with a gigantic possible carryout uh, so that is the first hurdle that we have to get over, right? We don't know what that will be because we don't know what the acres are for sure. We don't know what the yield's going to be for sure. But right now, they certainly don't have any concerns about the weather. Acres are not something we typically get information on very quickly, as we saw last year, right? So that's not something that we should expect to hear anytime soon. Uh, so along with that, then you've got all these extra headlines because we just have a lot of stuff going on in the world that's not fixing itself anytime soon. COVID trade deals, everything, right? So we've got to know that all those things are going to be obstacles, um, but it's hard to beat yourself up over anything at this point because there just hasn't been any opportunities, right? Unless you just did it all last winter or last fall, and now all of a sudden you're looking at a payment, uh, you know, possibly from the government. I guess you don't get that unless you kept the bushels past a certain date in January, which was the 15th, I believe. Uh, unless you just sold right after that, there hasn't been a whole lot of opportunities. I mean, the market's bounced a little bit here and there, but no more than 10 cents, and then we just kind of grind our way lower again. So we can blame all we want. Um, we have to look for small opportunities here because the funds are just looking for reasons to sell this thing, and the later we get in the year, the more comfortable they're going to be doing it, and the less likely it is to get significant bounces because the more comfortable they are with crop size. Speaking of crop size, what has been the final numbers or 
ideas of what we're seeing coming out of South America. Because we continue to hear they're having big numbers. China's looking at them for the beans. But our bean quality is a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're, you're seeing a good crop down there, but a crop that did get smaller kind of as we went through the year. Um, now they're dealing with locusts and all kinds of interesting stuff down there in Argentina that I haven't seen a, a lot of extra talk on, but uh, who knows with this year, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think this is the time of the year, though, where you start to see that transition no matter what. You, you, and our beans are cheap, right? They're, they're right alongside with the, the cost of that. The real's caught up a little bit with the U.S. dollar, and so um, it's made us more competitive. And this is the time of year that if we go back this is what we all talked about before is everybody was expecting, all right, deal's done. We're going to have all kinds of demand. It's not the way it works. You know, they, they want to go to South America during a certain time of the year and those beans were cheaper then. Now they're going to come to us because we have the better product and it's still cheap, right? right. So this is the time of year where that transition starts to take place. It's just, can they really um, get the trade deal equivalent to what they need to buy in half of a year, right? That's what the big question is going to be. So when we look at corn versus beans, what are you seeing in the differences? No, it's just that, I mean, you don't have to go any farther than the huge carryout discrepancy. I mean, you could lose a decent amount on the corn yield expectation and still not have a problem, right, because of the carryout we're expecting over $3 billion. Whereas with beans, I mean, if you lose a, a bushel or something like that happens, and we also know that they're not as comfortable with the bean yield until we get much later in the year, uh, it changes the the situation on beans pretty quickly and we've already seen China's uh, demand for new crop beans increasing right that's already happened we're seeing that in bean basis um, they must be getting you know getting good bids from the Gulf or they wouldn't be giving uh, November basis like they are the elevators I mean so we're seeing some of that already uh, and I just think it's a much tighter situation it's one that you can't overlook and say uh, we're just going to be really comfortable with that total throughout the entire year we did see some export numbers and we'll may have to come back to this after the commercial break, but export numbers have just been kind of, eh. yeah, best way to describe it. Yeah, yeah, especially old crop, right? Because they're still dealing with South American old crop for beans. So new crop has been a lot better. Uh, corn's been really good until this week, right? We had a, a very lackluster week this week, and very good just doesn't mean anything when you're still looking at a gigantic carryout and you're playing from behind. You're playing from behind because of ethanol, um, because of how far behind that grind is. Uh, you'd have to do some amazing thing from an export standpoint to actually catch up in that regard. All right, well, stick around, folks. We come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about what we're seeing, export numbers. Don't forget, we've got the June 30th report, and we'll finish out with what's been happening in the trade as we wrap up this trading week quite quickly. More is coming up. Stick around. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we continue our conversation with Aaron Bertels, and before we left, we were kind of talking about export numbers, and you would hope that we would start to see a pickup. And we've had a few niblet buys here and there from China. We've had other countries, obviously, come into the U.S., but it just doesn't feel, again, goes back to that whole feel thing, yeah. just doesn't feel like it's where it should be at this point. No, and the tough part is none of this stuff is lining up with the right time frame either, right? I mean, if you don't start to see exports pick up until September, is that really going to be as helpful as if they would have started picking up in July from a price standpoint? It's not because the weather's not going to be as big a concern then, right? So it's like all these things are just kind of fighting against each other and they eventually end up coming around, but not at the time frame where it's a big deal. I mean, if we're confirming that we've got a upper 170 or better crop by September and then all of a sudden exports pick up, it doesn't matter. Right? Mm -hmm. it's, 
it's a huge carryout and exports better pick up because the price is going to be cheap, right? I mean, that's just going to be the reality of it. And if gas and travel and all that stuff starts to pick up because we have a, um, you know, we have a vaccine by later this year, well, great, but it's not going to help us for the next four or five months um, when things are down. And, you know, we still have a question mark today about what the crop size is going to be. In three months, we won't have that same question mark. You know, it's kind of nice to say that a normal is people questioning yeah. the weekly USDA report. I mean, look yep. at Nebraska. We bounced back after seeing a big drop. So that makes you wonder, did we overreact? Was there some knee-jerk going on in yeah. there in crop conditions? Yeah, and I hate, I, I tell my guys all the time, and you're not going to hear a lot from me on crop conditions because I just don't find them to be that valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, I inform them on them, but overall, it's one of those things that, to me, the market just doesn't pay as much attention to because they don't give them any real basis on what the crop is, right? There's been too many in the past um, things that have gone against, you know, the crop conditions will be great, the crop will be okay. Right. right. There's just been too many of those occurrences in the past. So it's tough to gauge too much off of it. What you can gauge, though, is the areas that maybe are feeling pretty good about the moisture they have and, and those things. And you saw that this last week. You saw the places that got rain, and you saw the places that didn't, right? The Ohio River Valley didn't get a whole lot. Crop conditions went down in a lot of those places. Mm -hmm. South Dakota, Nebraska, some of those places got some more moisture, um, and things went up. And there's still plenty of spotty areas out here, especially in Nebraska, where it's dry. It's been dry for a while, and it's still dry. June 30th report, how much weight is going to be put on those numbers leading into it? I think this is one of the biggest reports of the year every year, right? This is... uh, this is that final real report where, and I shouldn't say final, because last year we saw the September report kind of be that one, right, where the stocks changed dramatically in soybeans. And right. You could still see that, but especially this year where people for so long have anticipated that our stocks have not been as big as they were. and um, But the funds are showing you right now that they're not that worried about it, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we're going down. I do think that they are probably buying calls and things like that against their you know, short positions because calls are cheap and that's going to help them out if something crazy does happen. But the first couple of days of next week will, will give you an indication of just if they're fearful or not. Right now, they've shown you they have no fear of this report, um, even though to me it is a very big report and um, one that dramatically shifts things a lot of times. You talked a little bit about ethanol um, earlier, and I was just looking it up just to make sure I had it right. We're seeing some stabilization. Um, weaker corn prices have got to be a benefit for these ethanol plants coming back online. Not for the producer trying to sell, but at least for the reboot. Yeah, you wonder what's taking them so long. You know, it's it's gone up every week for eight straight weeks now. We've seen an increase. Last week was very minimal. This week was another pretty good gain. Uh, but it's still just travels slow, right? I mean, gasoline demand, all those things are, are behind. Um, even though things are opening back up, things are still difficult, right? I mean, it's not as easy as you would think to to go to the zoo in Omaha, right? There's stuff that still has to be done that's different than normal, and some people are just saying, eh, forget it. Right. You know, and some people are still just nervous, rightfully so, with um, cases spiking again in a lot of places, and travel is just slow. So I think everybody's just being careful, right? Even these ethanol plants, I mean, they're, they're on a pretty thin margin, as we've known for a long time anyway. You know, they need to be careful about how they do this, but uh, – it has been getting better. It's just you're, you're digging out of a place that you can't make up everything. We're 400 million bushels behind. Um, it's hard to make that up. So this livestock, as we jump over the other side here for a few minutes, this livestock market, um, I see a lot of posts on social media comparing 
what this pound of hamburger is to, to what that producer is getting. And now we've got politics into it, I think, more than we ever thought we would have. Yeah, it was interesting to see the headline the other day uh, with some of these big-name senators jumping out and wanting to know exact numbers from places like JBS as to what they sent over to China because um, we know we've sent a ton of pork. I mean, 200-some percent more uh, than what we sent last year during this time when we were going through what some people would call a shortage, right? Um, and we were, you know, some of that was some of that was people um, hoarding and some of that was them taking advantage probably of the situation, but... It's interesting to see them kind of stick their heads into this area to see, okay, what kind of price gouging was happening, if any, and what needs to be done about it. All right. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Just give me a call at 402-309-3171 or email me at abirtles at crossroadsml.com. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the World Radio Network.